of them, Luke was written first, and then I don't know how long, but it wasn't very long, just a few years, maybe less than 10 is my opinion, that Luke also wrote the book of Acts. Uh, and it's pretty neat the way that he connects the two. He writes the book of Luke and, and ends right with Christ ascending. Uh, and We're going to read a little bit about that. And then he picks up uh, in Acts in the first chapter. That's right where he starts. So he kind of overlaps them a little bit, which I like, uh, and then goes on and writes some things. Before we get into this, how about the enthusiasm of those little kids this morning? Um, it, uh, it was a blessing to me. I remember when I got saved, how excited I was about being saved and about telling somebody else about Jesus. Anybody else remember that? I mean, I don't know if anybody else does. Um, and I was thinking there this morning, I thought, boy, I don't have that same level of enthusiasm as I did those years ago. Uh, of course, I'm not as young as I was then, and I've been saved a while and been on the road, and I've got some bumps and bruises, uh, but why aren't we as enthused and excited as, as those little fellas? We ought to be. Uh, and as we get into this today, I hope the Lord will bless me, uh, because the, the, act, the book of Acts is Acts of the Apostles, okay? And so... Luke is writing about the things that happened in their lives and the things that they saw and did. And, uh, man, what a group of guys that were dedicated to serving God. Uh, I, you know, if you want to talk about heroes, and we got some of those around here, but you want to talk about heroes, that group of men, uh, and there were some women that were there with them, but that group of men, my goodness, what they did and what they went through, so hopefully we'll get into a little bit of that today. All right. Let's start off here in Luke. And I'd like to start off Luke chapter 24, and we'll pick it up about verse 49. And this first uh, verse here is Jesus speaking. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endured with power from on high. So Christ is getting ready, and we're going to read that here in just a minute. He's, he's leaving them, okay? He's been crucified, and he has risen, and for 40 days he's been with the church, okay? And he's getting ready to leave, and he's telling them, don't scatter, because after he died, they started heading different places. He's telling them, stay together right here. Be together as a church you guys need to stay right here. There's something getting ready to happen that's real important, all right? So there's something getting ready to happen here this morning that's real important. I'm glad we're all here, all right? But the same message that he was telling them there, stay together, be together as a group, pull together, be strong together. And, and the Holy Ghost is going to come, and it's going to tell you what you need to do. Oh, I believe this morning that the Holy Ghost I believe he's going to show up. Glad he already did. I appreciate him being here. But he's going to show up and tell us as a group what we need to do. Same message. Different location, different time, same message. 
And he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. Now let's talk about Bethany for a minute. They're in Jerusalem. If you look at a map, Bethany sits just, just a, it's, it'd be, I mean, I guess in our terms today, it kind of be like Lima and Crytersville. I mean, it wasn't that far. They were able to walk it pretty quick, but it's just a little, just a little village, just it's real close, okay? So what else happened in Bethany? It's not, it's not a mistake that he took them to Bethany to leave them, all right? Bethany is a little village that sits on the side of the Mount of Olives. So what all happened there? Well, Mary and Martha and Lazarus lived in Bethany. That's where just about 45 or 48 days prior to this, he raised Lazarus from the dead. Remember, he raised Lazarus about one week before he was crucified. That happened in Bethany. All those discussions about him being with Mary and Martha and Lazarus in Bethany, all right? The Garden of Gethsemane, where he prayed until his sweat became as great drops of blood. Mount of Olives, right there. I mean, it may not have been within the area that they called Bethany, but I mean, it, it'd be like walking across the road, maybe. It was so close. Um, and the last one that I love, everybody knows the story about them finding uh, the donkey tied up that he was to ride in to the city on. That was right there, same place. So all these things happened, and the, the apostles had these memories, and some of them were sad. I mean, thinking about what happened in the Garden of Gethsemane and that leading up to his crucifixion, and some of the, you know, and Lazarus dying there, but then him raising him. But he takes them right back to the same place. How many times has God reminded you in your mind about great things that have happened? Great blessings that he has given you in your life. Well, he's taken them right back to that same place here again. All these great things that have, and there's a lot more than that, but all these great things that have happened, he takes them right there. They walk over to Bethany. Let's keep reading and see what happens. And it came to pass while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. When the Lord comes by, no matter what the circumstances are, you may not be happy, but you can have joy. When the Lord comes by, it's a joyful time. Were they happy that he left them? No, I'm sure every one of them wanted him to be right there with them and continue with them. We're not happy when our loved ones come around here and we say goodbye to them, but we can have joy knowing where they've gone. They knew where he went. They watched it. So they got, you know, they got a witness out of it and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. So that's the end of the book of Luke. So let's turn over now to Acts. Now you remember, uh, and if you don't, I'll just remind you, you remember that in the book of Luke, when he writes it at the very beginning, about the third verse, he addresses it to the Honorable Theopolis. All right? So I don't know who that is. All right? But, I, I mean, it's who Luke was addressing it to. 
And so he starts off here, and we'll, we'll get to this in the very first verse. He again addresses this to Theopolis. And there's different theories about who that is. Maybe it was somebody that was sponsoring Luke financially. Maybe it was somebody that had taught him. You know, I don't know, but he was writing it and addressing it to him, but it's certainly good for all of us. There's even some thought that maybe it just meant to all Christians. I don't know if that's true, but it certainly applies, okay? So let's take a look here. The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. So Luke's writing this. He writes the book of Luke to Theophilus, and now he's writing this book, and he's saying, I wrote my previous letter to you, treatise, letter, okay, and explained all of this stuff, but now I'm going to write this, this new letter to you. Remember when we were talking a few weeks ago, the book of Luke is the only of the four Gospels that's not, repeat that, not an eyewitness account of what Christ did. Matthew, Mark, and John were all there. They wrote down what they saw. Luke was not there. Luke is not an apostle. When you read through the list of the apostles, Luke's not one of them. But he talked with and read the notes and read the accounts and God moved on him and he wrote the book of Luke and it is a wonderful book. And the same thing with Acts, at least the first half of Acts. Why do you say the first half? He's writing about things that he did not observe with his eyes at least up until chapter 16. In chapter 16, verse 10, which is the chapter, it's talking about uh, Paul, and if you're going down into chapter 16, Paul and Silas get thrown in jail and they have a church service in the middle of the jail and the, and the jailer ends up and gets saved. That's the first time in the book of Acts that Luke uses the term we. So he's there. He saw that. All right? But the rest of, the, the, up until chapter 16 in the book of Acts, it's just like the book of Luke. He is writing about things that he has read and been told about by people who were eyewitness accounts. So, verse 2. Until the day in which he was taken up. So he's, he's telling them, I wrote Luke, and I wrote right up until the time that he was taken up, what we just read. So he writes until Christ leaves them. After that, he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. So he's telling them, you know, what Christ told them. Stay here in Jerusalem. The Holy Ghost is coming and going to tell you where you need to go, what you need to do, how you need to act. All right. Now, next week is the day of Pentecost, and I don't want to get on that too much. Uh, I want to leave some of that there for teaching next week. But, uh, you know, there are there is a doctrine that the Holy Ghost was never present in the world until the day of Pentecost. I don't agree with that doctrine. Now, I understand that, that you know, people look at that and, can interpret it how you want but the holy ghost and in the old scripture it was referred to as the spirit of god or the holy spirit was present well, how do you know that well i know that and let's go back to first kings chapter 19 
let's look at uh, let's look at verse 12 so this is this is Elijah and he's just had a battle and won but it's kind of uh, the Lord leads him to this cave and he's there just kind of waiting on some instruction all right and the Lord's He's in this cave, and a, a big wind comes by, and an earthquake, and a fire, and Elijah just sits still. All right, it's not everything that moves with a big quaking of the earth, or a big light flashing, or a big wind blowing. That's God. Now God can move that way, folks. I'm not saying that He can't move that way, but Elijah knew something about the Spirit of God. Well, why do you say that? Well, let's read verse 12. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. And it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out. And then you can read on the rest of that. So we need to be looking for that still, small voice. It was in the old Bible what I'm getting at. There's other places, but that one is the one that's probably the easiest and maybe the most well-known. God's Spirit has been with man. Okay. Now, there was a time coming here, and again, I don't want to get too much on the day of Pentecost for next week, but there was a time coming when he wanted his church all together, and they were going to have a revival. And he knew that the Spirit was going to show up and be very powerful and that it was important for them to all be there and be following that, and they were going to get instruction with that, and it was going to lead them. They'd been listening to Jesus. He had been there with them, all right? So they'd been looking right at him and hearing him with these ears and sometimes not understanding it all. But he's left them. There's a 10-day gap there. He wants them to stay together, and then on that day of Pentecost, the Holy Ghost is coming, and it's going to tell them, what do you need to do? Where do you need to go? So, but anyway, that's kind of what Luke is referring to. Let me see here. Verse 3. To whom also he shewed himself alive after his passion, after he had died, by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days. So that's from the day he got up, he was there 40 days. And then there's a, there's a gap here. There's 10 more days until, if I've got it right, until the day of Pentecost. And speaking of these things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. So again, he's kind of repeating what happens there in that last part of, of the book of Luke. Verse 5. Well, let me ask this. Anybody have a comment or something you'd like to add right here? I'm, I'm kind of moving fast, but... Uh, if you've got something you want you feel like sharing or want to ask or state, go go right ahead. Appreciate your prayers. And John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Okay, so he's he's using an example here that John baptized, and they all knew that John the Baptist had baptized using water. We believe that baptism is a complete immersion in, in what you're being baptized in. So he's using that as an example, and he's telling them, 
the Holy Ghost is going to show up in a powerful way in just a short time. Stay together. Don't disperse. Don't disband. Don't go out on your, on your own here because you're going to miss something. And we need you. All right? Same thing today. You know, don't go out on your own. Don't, don't leave your brothers and sisters in, in your church. Don't go off. You know, don't get discouraged. Who's ever been discouraged? I'll raise both hands. I've been discouraged. All right? Who's ever felt like quitting? Well, how many times would you like to hear about this week from me? You know. All right? This week. Well, yeah, I have. I felt like quitting. Do you think that some of them felt like quitting? I mean, I, I know that Peter did because Peter quit three or four times. Yeah. You know, but there was, just like Jeremiah said, he had something burning down inside of him that wouldn't let him stay quit. All right. Verse 6. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, Wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? They were still missing it. They were still, even after he had died and, and been resurrected and been with them for 40 days and had spent three and a half years with, with them, they were still looking for a natural, physical, are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel to its glory? I mean, I get that, but that's not what his purpose was. Yeah. yeah. Bill said people are still looking for that same thing today. The Jewish people, as a group, I'm not saying that there aren't some Jews that believe that, that Christ, because there are some, I've met a few, but their, their, their nation, for the most part, is still looking for the Messiah to come. They're looking for somebody that's going to come and show up and do the things that the scriptures tell us of from a natural standpoint. And this kingdom is a spiritual kingdom. Uh, but they're still looking for it and still asking. And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the time or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. So, I mean, he's telling them what's getting ready to happen. Just stay together, and then there's going to be a time when I want you to go preach, preach the gospel. Um, the great commission that is, is written about in, in Matthew, uh, you know, I love the beginning of that. It says, go. And if you stop right there, if you're going for the Lord, if you're really following him, if you're willing to go, you're doing something great. If you're following, following God and his spirit. You know, over in Acts, and I don't want to go over there and read a bunch of that right now, but over in Acts... Uh, when Luke is writing about uh, Paul, Paul had a desire to go. And the desire was great. Paul made so many great 
trips. You can read uh, over in Acts about Paul, and it said, maybe in, verse, maybe in chapter 15 or 16, said he wanted to go this direction, but the Spirit wouldn't let him go that direction. And so he said, okay, Lord, I'll go this direction. And the Spirit wouldn't, wouldn't let him go. And finally, the Spirit came on him and told him what direction to go. And you, you know what he did? You know what I would do? I would have probably pouted and said, well, I wanted to go over there. Or I wanted to go over there. You know what Paul did? As soon as the Spirit came on him and told him, he and everybody that wanted to go with him got up and went right away. They went. You know, we need to be going. But we need to be going in the direction that the Spirit leads us to go. Paul could have went and just got up and not prayed and went that direction, and he would have been in the wrong place. I've been there a few times. You know, figure it out right here. I'm, I'm pretty smart. I'm pretty smart. I figure it out right here. I know what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to go over there. So we need to, that's a great example. We need to be willing to go, but we need to be patient and make sure we're going in the right direction. Verse 9, And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up in the cloud, received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward the heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. I can't prove it, but I think it's the same two angels that were at the tomb. Same description, all right? Maybe it's two different angels. Well, it could be. I can't prove it. I'm just telling you what I think. I try to be careful to not make a proclamation, but, I mean, it sounds like the same two fellows that, you know, that talked with, with Mary when she was at the tomb. Why, you know, why seek ye the living among the dead? Which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. So let's think about that verse for a minute. They're standing there talking to Jesus, he's giving them instruction, and all of a sudden, he ascends, and they're watching him go. They're standing there looking up. And these two angels show up and go, Why are you guys all standing around here looking up? About the same message that they told Mary at the tomb. Why are you looking for the living amongst the dead? He ain't here. Okay, a little different, but same, same idea. We can get caught standing around, looking up, going, huh, wonder if this is the day the Lord's coming back. You can stand there all day. Now, I'm not saying there's not a blessing to thinking about the resurrection. There is. I enjoy it. 
But is it our job to stand around and just look up and think about the resurrection all day, every day? Well, what did the angel, these angels tell them? Why are you standing here looking up into the heavens? He's coming back just like he just left. So they headed on into Jerusalem and waited on some direction from the Holy Spirit. We've got a job to do while we're here. And that's really what the angels were telling them. You know, that part's over. You know, I like to remember good church services, and I get a blessing out of them. I like to remember when I got saved. And there's even some funerals that I like to think about because they were a blessing to me. I think back about my grandpa's funeral. Arnold Petrie preached it. And I was so sad. And the Holy Spirit came through. And for about 10 minutes, I was so happy. And then that part was done. And the Spirit left. And I was back to being sad again. I'm sure we've all experienced that to some degree. We, we shouldn't get stuck. What do you mean? We shouldn't get stuck and just looking or remembering those things are good but we've got a job to do well what's our job we need to go we need to go when the spirit says to go all right um does anybody have any comments on that i've got a couple more things i want to go over but does anybody have any comments or any questions on on that part of the lesson that's the completion of the the verses in the lesson that we had, but I got a couple of things I want to uh, expound on again if I can. But does anybody have anything you want to add or anything you want to ask? All right. So, the Acts of the Apostles. I was trying to remember, and maybe somebody can help me. It might have been my brother in law, Donnie, uh, last week. But just in the last week or two, somebody preached about. The apostles all witnessing what happened and then all dying for the cause of what happened and the comment that they made was you're not going to give up your life for something that you know isn't true but if you know something is really true you may give up your life for that and I, that really stuck with me each one of those fellows even Matthias who replaced Judas all 12 of them died working for God they all witnessed it with their eyes they were all they had enthusiasm like these little kids over here did when you read about the things that they did and where they went I mean they went and they preached God's word and they were trying to to see people get saved all right so I want to just for a minute, I've got it on my phone here. I, I pulled this up this morning. And again, I'll tell you that all of this isn't biblical. A little bit of it is, but some of this is just historical. Uh, but I want to go through the list of the 12 apostles. Uh, and I want to talk about their deaths for just a minute. Because it, it really, it, it spoke to me when I, was, when I was looking at this this morning. Peter and Paul. Okay, the, you know, certainly two prominent leaders in that early church. 
were both killed pretty close to about the same time. Um, in Rome, uh, an emperor, Nero, uh, had them both put to death. Um, Paul was beheaded, and Peter was crucified upside down, and uh, he didn't want to be crucified like Christ so he requested to be crucified upside down because he said I'm not worthy to be to be crucified in the same manner Andrew uh, he was in what was now modern day Turkey and Greece he was crucified Thomas uh, died from uh, he was stabbed with a spear uh, while he was out he was in a probably in India somewhere where he was preaching Philip uh, was, was put to death uh, in North Africa. Matthew uh, was stabbed in Ethiopia. Bartholomew uh, died, don't know the exact manner of his death, but was, was out preaching. Uh, James uh, was stoned to death. Simon the Zealot uh, was killed in Persia. Uh, refusing to make a sacrifice to a false god. Matthias uh, died with Andrew, uh, he was, he, but he was burned. Uh, John, who wrote the Gospel of John and Revelation, the only one of the 12 that died a natural death, but we also know that John was tortured. I mean, he was put into boiling oil. He was put on an island uh, they, you know, they, they put him there these men that walked with Christ and spent every day with him and heard what he said saw him after the resurrection saw him ascend into heaven received the great commission from him they were each and every one of them willing to follow him to death That ought to touch your heart. You know, we're blessed. We don't have we don't have sheriff's cars or government cars pulling up wanting to know who's preaching today and writing down all of our names, showing up at our house or our place of business. They're not arresting us, putting us in prison for showing up here or trying to witness to somebody at work great blessings. I'm glad we've got the freedoms we do. These fellows faced an awful lot. They stayed the course. I appreciate their dedication. And uh, I appreciate God letting me teach this morning. Uh, I appreciate his spirit coming through. I enjoy the natural, physical part of learning about this, but when he'll come through, and he has a little bit this morning, that's really what it's all about. So, does anybody have any questions or comments? Yeah. Bill said that very thing can happen. I will tell you that where the church is moving and people are being saved and lives are being changed, the devil will soon be there trying to bring that to a stop. Amen. 
any way that he can. You guys all read the same newspapers that I read. There are things happening in our country right now that I never thought would. All right. There was, I read just this past week, there was a church, not in Ohio, but in another state, there was a church that was fined for having church during the pandemic. $1.2 million. I don't know what all the, I don't know what all that was, but that, that should be a concern to all of us when our government is going to start taking steps and saying we're going to fight. The power to tax and the power to fine is the power to destroy, folks. If you think through that to its end, if you want to, and that's where you're trying to head, they can put all churches out of business by taxing them and fining them for whatever actions that, that they don't like. So Bill's right. I'm not saying that is happening, but I'm just saying I can read some articles of some things that are a concern to me. It should be a concern to all of us. We should be much prayerful and be vigilant to try to keep these freedoms that we have. But even if they take those